Hello everyone, welcome to the pilot episode of Turning Signals. Uh, brother and sister team here talking about uh, culture, what the bleep is going on in the world, um, and generally trying to, I suppose, journal um, as we move through this unprecedented time in history. Uh, I want to introduce my sister Zoe. How you going, Zoe? Very well, thank you. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, this is the pilot episode. It's going to be pretty like free form. Um, we're just going to have a chat and uh, see what comes up. Um, I suppose I'll mention at this point that uh, astrology is part of the kind of what we are doing with this. Um, so it's, you know, astrology, philosophy, psychology and culture. I think a, a sub kind of heading that I was using in um, the development of the podcast was um, cultural events in a, what did I say? Mm. Cultural events in a holistic sense. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Yep. So we're, uh, another working title that I had was As Above, So Below, which mm. I guess translates uh, or communicates like that you know, maybe what's going on in the world is a manifestation of the human psyche. Mm. But as above, of course, with like astrology, right? It's always correlating with yeah. what we can see and not see in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I suppose uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, Zoe, we might just get a little bit of an intro into... Uh, the work that you do you're currently writing yes I write as much as I can as often as I can and I am a mum to three kids and I have been a nurse uh, working in the healthcare industry for over 10 years um, which is no longer the case and yeah I my interest is very holistic, very broad. I am interested in observing the correlations between astronomical, astrological goings-on and, yeah, what's going on down here. Yeah, cool. So with the, um, the writing that you're currently doing, um, I mean, I, I'm a big fan, I confess. Um, I feel like every uh, newsletter that you publish on, Substack. Substack, yep. Um, each one is like, I don't know, better, more intriguing, which I suppose is really fitting because I think what's going on in the world is kind of accelerating and getting more intriguing. So Yes, yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I can't take my eyes off it or my mind or my heart. It's very engaging. Mm. And you're, you're an openly <coughs> a professed unvaccinated <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah which I mean I love in your writing how you kind of use that as like it it puts you on the outside yeah which is an existential experience ongoingly for me mm. um and I think a lot of people can relate to that vaccinated or not I'm certainly not um prescribing what people should be doing with their bodies 
um, unlike some. <laughs> but yes, I am, in the interest of transparency, unvaccinated. Yes. Mm. Um, quite quite proud in a way. <laughs> Finally, it's taken a lot of processing to get to the point of feeling like being honest about it is less a confession and more a kind of a statement, like a mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like a statement of resistance. Or yeah, yeah, I'm feeling more empowered by it and less sheepish about it. Yeah, which is good. I yeah. feel. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a strange time um, around <laughs> all things, but all things, yeah, yes. vaccination status. That even that term yes. to me is something that I always try to do is remember uh, pre-COVID that that idea of vaccination status three years ago. That would have been the most unusual and kind of <laughs> sick thing to kind mm. of pass upon someone. Mm. Like, what's your vaccination status? Mm. Like, oh, well. A measure of our worth. And uh, <laughs> obedience, participation. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly read a passage from your latest post that mm-hmm. I really um, enjoyed. I mean, it's funny and sure. um, it actually doesn't. Oh, I'll just read it. Um, so this was uh, the full moon post. Mm, so the full Leo moon full moon, yep. Just passed. From the 16th, 17th of Feb, yeah. Mm-hmm. Though we might kid ourselves that compliance ensures exp- expedited... Exp- expedited? That's the one. Sorry. Okay. Start again. Though we might kid ourselves that compliance ensures expedited normalcy and a restored sense of security and safety, such assurances amount to no more than fantasy, delusion and naivety. In Western Australia, our lunatic leader maintains the hard border closure despite the steadily increasing low case numbers within our expansive state's confinement. His fears about the local healthcare system's inability to cope are well-founded. He hasn't invested appropriately in it since taking the lead in 2017 and nor had any preceding governments. Healthcare services continue to barely function out of the goodwill of heroic staff alone. I know that because I used to be among many well-meaning, misguided martyrs in the making. That is, a nurse skipping breaks and giving my all to a system that was looking to take the piss, even though I didn't have time for one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A bit crude. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's interesting um, to think about, you know, the heroes of healthcare, Mm -hmm. which it seems like globally they're being... Um, martyrs is Mm. definitely, I mean, it seems as though many of them are all but killing themselves to to save, no matter what their kind of persuasion is with regard to the effectiveness of the vaccine and the treatment that's going on. I know that there's a lot of healthcare workers that just walked away because Mm. they couldn't abide this prescription Mm. for the coronavirus. Yes. Um, but yeah, is that what could you maybe say about the kind of the archetype of the healthcare worker, perhaps, mm. and and the astrology around um, the maybe I don't know the dependence on the healthcare system and mm. and its failure to kind of succeed. <clears throat> well, there's a few things I guess archetypally 
we're looking at kind of the healer archetype, um, perhaps the mother archetype to some extent, and that's not limited in any way to biological sex or even gender. We all have an inner mother, um, which astrologically connects to the archetype of cancer. Um, and so there's that kind of maternal, for want of a different word, perhaps, um, urge to look after people, especially in their kind of hour of need. And um, that's certainly been required throughout this pandemic, plandemic, scamdemic, whatever you want to imagine it as, understand it as, conceptualise it as. Um, it's definitely, as with all archetypes, it's on a spectrum and there are light aspects and dark aspects and all shades of grey in between. I think that with it's quite complicated in a way because the intent to care for people is very well-meaning um, but as with all things it casts a shadow so um, despite the good intent of many healthcare workers um, it perhaps is an opportunity for us them everyone really to recognize that that those good intentions can sort of lead to hell <laughs> and here we are <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i mean yeah there's there's a lot to say about the healer archetype and um that cancer archetype and it does have it does sort of bear largely into i mean the moon is the ruler of cancer so always we are under her loving gaze, penetrating gaze, turning us to stone potentially. <laughs> um, and we as well need to sort of, so honouring the capacity for love of others as well as self-love um, and recognising that our perception of what others might need is not necessarily what others might need. I just want to bring you back to um, the what you just said about um, like the road to hell is paved with good intentions, <laughs> right? So yeah, you've got um, all these people trying to administer the prescription mm -hmm. to treat people, which is effectively making things worse. I just think about that in a, a broader context. Um, referring back to as we were just discussing before we started recording the conversation we listened to the other day with Nina Power mm -hmm. um, and I suppose the kind of that discussion was about toxic masculinity mm. um, but she related it to the coronavirus so I think from what you just said I think there is this uh, so the woke left right mm. they you know, you think about the intention that those, that kind of, because I studied sociology in um, around 2010. Um, so I was at uni for three years around then. And, you know, the 
it was a very left-wing institution, the humanities department, where you know I was studying humanities, sociology. And there's no doubt that all of the academics in that arena were mm. concerned with mental health, yes. um, suicide, you know, and generally like acceptance of young people um, who might identify um, differently to mm. the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I think around 2010 was really like when a lot of like the queerism mm. kicked off. Yeah. Um, and so you've got these people who were kind of trying to write acceptance into academia mm -hmm. and education mm -hmm. from a place of caring for people. Absolutely, Wanting yes. better outcomes, wanting to improve outcomes. Very good intentions, yes. But unfortunately, mm. it ended up as fascism <laughs> because it fucking <laughs> completely limits. And of course it will, free speech. Mm. Yes. And it's like, well, the, maybe the treatment for, like, to protect people mm. is not to shut up others. Yes. Maybe it's about building emotional resilience. Yes. Having actual, like, government programs which mm. support mental health. Yes. Because, I mean, if you watch something like Libs of TikTok or, I mean, that shit just makes me, I can't, you know, you, you've got this kind of, this group of people who identify as cats or queer mm -hmm. or whatever. And I, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm a gay man. I don't personally, I, I've got no problem with how people identify, but I do have a problem with the glorification of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so there's no, there's no repair being made. Mm. What's being administered is ultimately like shutting down criticisms of that. And I, I think a lot of the criticisms of, um, masculinity, mm -hmm. for example, um, and queer culture mm -hmm. are coming from a place of like, this is wrong. This is the wrong way to improve people's outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so like in coronavirus, mm -hmm. it's like, maybe don't just like inoculate people with a, in your words, a leaky vaccine, mm. um, a vaccine that is as is being seen in many countries failing to even save lives. Mm. Let's maybe not just like pour hand sanitizer over the population. <laughs> Why not take the approach which has been completely non-discussed mm. of improving people's health? Mm. Yes, indeed. Why not? Yes. And it's a really good, you know, point about the cancer healer mother archetype is that when do we take responsibility for our own health in the sense that, and our own well-being and our own beingness in general, wherever and however we identify? Um, the self-containment that needs to happen as a matter of course as we mature is fundamental to that cancer Capricorn axis. And that axis is highlighted currently and throughout the last, well, since 2008, Pluto entered Capricorn. Um, in the evolutionary astrology paradigm, that puts the Pluto polarity point um, in Cancer, which, and always, with the involvement of one sign, it implicates its opposite sign and all the other signs in various ways. So um, 
yes, it's complex and beautiful as a system and provides so much um, ground to till in terms of our own becoming. And in this situation, this has been an opportunity for us to, yes, focus on our own health and the health of our communities and the health of our families and doing what we can to yeah to protect the vul- vulnerable certainly is necessary wise you know but whether or not that is done best by vaccinating the planet in bill gates's words um it's debatable health <laughs> comes out the end of a needle yes supposedly i want to just quickly go back to basics mm-hmm. um because we probably lost 50 percent of our audience <laughs> when you said <laughs> pandemic scandemic mm-hmm. right yes. so uh, i think a reasonable position any reasonable person mm-hmm. would have to admit at least that um you know let's say that there's, there is, you know, a deadly virus mm-hmm. moving through the world's population. Yes. Incredible, like, infectiousness. Mm. It, it's definitely reasonable to accept that, if that's true, it has been, it's been, some people have jumped on that, those people being pharmaceutical companies. And people like, you know, they're talking openly about the the Great Reset now. I think anyone really who's not accepting that there's a group of people trying to really change the world economy Mm. forever Mm -hmm. right now. If you're not accepting that, Mm. maybe just broaden your media consumption a little bit. Because that's that's openly Mm. known now. Oh, yes, you can go to wef.org, I think it is, and check it out for yourself. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's widely <laughs> yeah. accepted that that's what's going on. It's what Trudeau's doing. Yeah. Um, probably it's what our left-wing parties seek to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, trying to stay away from the politics. There, yes. is, there is a group of people trying to take advantage, like the same as climate change. Mm-hmm. There's a group of people trying to take advantage of this situation that the masses find themselves in. So if you get getting back to your like, you know, that's quite a harsh thing for some people to mm-hmm. hear about coronavirus, um, that it's a scandemic, mm-hmm. plandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you, someone I know, someone we both know said essentially to, to kind of paraphrase mm. what they said, they said that you predicted coronavirus mm. by use like by using astrology mm. that there would be a, a global change mm. at around this time yes. so whether or not it's it was planned or if it was from bat soup mm. what can you tell us about the like basic astrology of mm. what shifted what happened and what is going on mm. astrologically well, it timed um, perfectly with the much... I mean, 2020 has been talked about for a very long time, decades in astrological circles. Um, it's been, yeah, very much overdone in many ways, but it turns out it delivered more than we could have 
even imagined really. Um, I think astrologers in general, myself included, were quite um, wary of prediction. I'm always wary of prediction, but um, because the archetypal signatures that we were looking at were very daunting. So um, predominantly aligning with the timing of coronavirus, COVID-19, it was a lot to do with Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which occurred in January of 2020 um, and sort of kicked off this sort of fear virus, essentially. Um, Both Saturn and Pluto are very much connected to fear as an experience and for good reason <laughs> it, having undergoing a pluto transit or a saturn transit never mind both of them together is quite frightening <laughs> um and so those transits um for someone like me that knows bugger all about astrology mm-hmm. these transits that you talk about they that affects every that affects that's the right. earth yes right? that's the world transit so as we exist on planet earth as individual human beings we are under the, I'm not going to say influence, but the synchronous events going on in the sky, um, yes, can be witnessed through astronomical observation, um, which is astrological observation. Once upon a time, they were one and the same. Um, and it is not only able to be observed and witnessed in the external world but can be experienced inwardly as well so everybody's response to coronavirus um, was always going to be one of fear it, it was just the way that it all it was written in the stars we had yeah so it wasn't um as you say, it may not have been, it, it doesn't really matter in some sense whether it was planned, whether it's a scam. Um, if there is, you know, a group of people in a boardroom kind of mapping this all out, um, which I'm not ruling out, um, there's certainly, they may think that they can <laughs> plan with the stars or whatever, Um there's so much mystery to the whole thing. It's incredibly heartening to me um, that for all our good and bad intentions and everywhere along the spectrum there, what will be will be. <laughs> mm. So, <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess like I'd love to start getting at that idea that um, it doesn't matter mm. what's going on, whether it's a cold that affects people who are have comorbidities mm-hmm. or if it's ebola yeah like the the problem is the fear yeah and the manifestation i suppose is like control yeah or um the expression of fear by masking mm-hmm. um getting mad at others mm. uh you know vilifying unvaccinated yeah. that division all of those things that play out mm-hmm. um the part of this that I feel like really optimistic about then is that as always, we, we have a modicum of control. Mm-hmm. Um, we as individuals have the opportunity to decide how we 
are going to deal with this. Yes. But of yes, course, we we're, we're still at the mercy of, um, you know, for us in Western Australia, Mark McGowan will decide um, <laughs> whether we can go to the shop or not. Um, yeah. But I guess with information, um, a, a diversity of information. Mm. And I guess um, not only information, but a sense of self and a sense of authority of our own, which is very Saturn, um, being one's own authority. And um, yes, as you say, we are sort of under government control to some extent and whether we want to rail against that or not, you know, be part of the resistance movement protests. Um, shout out to Canadian truckers. Um, or whether we can inwardly and very simply in our own lives manifest and embody that Saturn capacity for being able to parent ourselves essentially mm. coming back to that Capricorn cancer archetype are we able to take responsibility for our own health and take responsibility for our own decisions um, yeah I mean I love thinking about that in the context of first year philosophy mm -hmm. um, actually it's funny because I guess up until the last couple of months but probably for six months prior, I was like reading, studying quite a lot of existential philosophy. Mm. Um, and I suppose maybe now that I'm a little bit out of that phase, I'm not quite so up to date. Um, you know, there's that meme that I've seen floating around that um, for updates on latest events, please mm -hmm. see your <laughs> mid 20th century philosophers. <laughs> Yep. So, like, think about um, <laughs> our man. Um, Solzhenitsyn, <laughs> Nietzsche. <laughs> no, neither of those dudes. Um, what's his, you know, the existentialist king. Um, uh, I, I'll check his name in a minute. But, um, you know, he, he, he says, like, no matter what, even if, like, I think, like, he fought in wars. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he was writing in, you know, between the 20s and the, until he died, the 80s. But um, he's like, no, no matter where they put you, if you're in prison, yeah. you're still free. Yeah. Like, they can't take your mind. Absolutely, yes. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that that... That makes me think of Viktor Frankl, but I don't think you're talking about him, are you? No, uh, you talk. I'm just going to go and find uh, our sure. man. I'm getting a book. Okay. Frankel, tell us about Frankel. Oh, well, I don't know enough about Frankel to talk about him in any depth, but as I understand, I mean, he was a one of several important thinkers, um, leaders who survived the Russian, you know, like the gulags, right. um, communist Russia, so Soviet Russia. So, um, yeah, that was obviously a, an atrocious kind of chapter in our history and one that does bear some, <laughs> st 
significance upon the current climate, one you know, could argue. Speaking of Soviet Russia, I came across a thing the other day. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry, audience, get used to this me not <laughs> citing references. Because <laughs> most of the, I will admit, most of my sources are actually just memes. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, <laughs> It's um, <laughs> you and us, everyone. I think well, memes are important. They are, and they are honestly, important. yeah, I think that they're they're, they're the most accessible, like kind of distillation of yes. like awesome, useful knowledge. Yes, absolutely. And often yes. they say things without words. Yes, it's incredible. It is. But um, words and, so and images. Could have been a, yes. It wasn't a meme, but I, I it was an article. <laughs> um, and it, <laughs> it said um, and I'd never heard of it before, but it. I guess I believe it. I guess it makes sense. Um, they used to administer vaccines mm-hmm. upon the population mm-hmm. in the Soviet era mm-hmm. um, to kind of, I guess, like get a, a gauge of um, compliance. Sure. Um, and kind of seek out anyone that would like question or resist. Compliance, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is really interesting. Mm. That, yeah, um, I don't know anything Whether about or not it, they were actually testing mm-hmm. like new drugs um or they were just injecting saline or something mm. i guess the experiment was more in like mass psychology than yes yes is that something you want to talk about lot. do you want to i mean i've just got sart here so it's oh, jean-paul sart of course right. which do you know what can i just say when i studied philosophy <laughs> i guess feminism played a big role in my university mm-hmm. so um you know sart's misses um Simone de Beauvoir, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes academics would say like a lot of Sartre's work was like developed with or by Simone de Beauvoir. Right. Yeah. And so that kind of, you know, as a um, late 20s, early 30s feminist, I used mm. to think like, fuck Sartre. Is right. <laughs> phony, <laughs> right. but um, I read a I read a book uh, late last year um, at the Existentialist Cafe. Mm-hmm. So digestible, just yeah. wonderful. Um, and she loved Sartre, yeah. the author, and it made me love Sartre. Yeah. Um, I think just to, I'll let you read that no, in a sec. But I just go. wanted to say that um, I. F- feel like that's such a positive thing that they developed together and that yes she was a feminist and he was the ultimate existentialist and it's like it's poetry in motion really their pairing and that capacity to I mean you can just imagine being a fly on the wall in that household they they lived it they lived and breathed they were personified like philosophy of mm-hmm. the day the most contemporary like thought mm-hmm. yeah really moving incredible i inspiring. would recommend that book it it takes you there yeah it's well, wonderful I'm, um, I'm gonna make a note to myself to explore their respective birth charts because yeah she it's very interesting when sart died she lived three or four years after him mm-hmm. but she was I guess they uh, part of existentialism is that um, there's no you know there's no god and there's no afterlife. Yep. So when he passed, she was so devastated. Um, yes. Yeah, and I think about that. If you were of the belief that there is nothing after death, 
it was like the end, which I, you know, devastating. Who knows? But yeah, but I mean, they they lived an incredible life. They yeah. Um, anyway, we should get back to... Were you going to read that passage? No, it's not a passage. Okay. I was hoping I would find one, but it's okay, actually the sure. entire um, yeah, sure. little <laughs> bit of... <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred pages. Okay. It's, yeah. No an essay worries. on existentialism. Yes. Yeah. But um, maybe going forward, I'll find a, a passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. good. Good. And yeah. maybe we can revisit it next time because I, I want to find their charts and just... I think that'll be an interesting topic of conversation mm. well it's very relevant i think that yeah um uh, yeah self-responsibility that we don't we don't have to just because we can't go to the bottle shop mm. doesn't mean we have to cry about it absolutely <laughs> there's, there's as much opportunity for prosperity at this time as at any other time absolutely if not more it's I very mean, much about framing things as nature said you know he was all about um, affirmation over negation, um, reframing our perspective, mm. <laughs> looking at things as, um, you know, amour de fati is, I didn't pronounce that very well, but the love of one's fate mm-hmm. and whether fate is inflicted upon us, imposed upon us from an external source, Allah, our Labour government. Or whether it's just um, perhaps in the form of some limited capacity within our physical or mental being. Mm. It's, we work within the confines of our limitations and we make the most of it. Mm. Yep, as have like so our ancestors, right? Yes. Like as, yes. as we were saying before we started getting yeah. back to that Nina Power conversation yeah. that we listened to. Absolutely. Of, you know, we tend to victimize our ancestors. Yeah, as like though poor, they, downtrodden, yeah. did it so hard. <laughs> so oppressed. Yeah. By patriarchy. Um. It's, it's like, <laughs> go back in time and tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, give them a little more credit. I'd exactly. Say it's really um, offensive. <laughs> Isn't it? And I'm offended. I'm so offended. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> man, and I think it, it's important to, you know, I don't know. We don't. I was about to get stuck into the left again. Yeah, well, mate, that was where I was going with that. <laughs> so offended, but um. And I mean, as let me just say to the audience, as a as someone who loves to criticize the left, mm-hmm. I guess I am left as well. Like I, you know, I formally identified with the left. Did yes. Absolutely, I voted Greens in the last election. I was a Green member. I (laughs) volunteered many, 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 many hours, um, blood, sweat, and tears for maybe environmental activism. Yeah, um, which I mean, I I still am. You know, I I think that so much of what we need to do to improve things in this world, both. Um, socially and environmentally mm. is fucking plant more trees for God's sake. Stop cutting down old forest. Like th- there's an attitude about that, yes. you know? Yeah, yes. It's yes. fundamental. Yes. Um, maybe and we look could after talk after our water. That's oh, water, of course. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Water's huge. Yeah. But I, I would love to um, 
I think we're probably going to wrap it up in the next yeah. five or ten. But I'd love to talk briefly maybe just about, um, as this is the pilot and we're kind of doing a bit of background, mm-hmm. um, maybe we could talk about why you and I mm-hmm. might not identify with the left anymore. What, mm. Because I can certainly say like what took me to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um or to the lights, I mean both, mm. but why I, I mean, it was Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. basically yeah. the, the idea of personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I was literally a card carrying member of the International Workers Party yeah. involved in the Socialist Party in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then my friend Paul Devins and listening to Jordan Peterson's mm-hmm. books, um, audio books, it was like, is it other people's job to ensure other people's success? Mm. Is a quality of outcome what we want? Like yeah. how good has that been in the past? <laughs> Every time they've, yeah. you know. It, it, and w- what does it do to opportunity mm. for personal responsibility? Mm, absolutely. And, yeah. and the opportunity of that, not looking at personal responsibility as like a negative. Mm. Oh, it's a superpower. It's oh. it's a superpower. It is it's like doing your satin. Yes. You're going to outsource your satin? Yeah, well, good luck with that. I mean, yeah, if you, from my great teacher who we've parted ways in some at least political sense as he remains well and truly adhered to the left, but um, not that it's about, I mean... What's his yeah, name? Stephen Forrest. Mm. So he says... You do your planets or they do you. Um, you don't really want to be done by Saturn. You don't really want to be done by <laughs> any of these archetypal gods. But I'm um, much better off trying to do the work of integrating these capacities that can be differentiated losing, using astrology. Um, it's a very helpful way to access these archetypes that are living within and without us. Mm. And so getting back to the politics, mm-hmm. what um, when when do you think that you kind of started really... St- uh, it's been very, very recent for me and it was... Um, yeah, um, I mean, a couple of years ago, I guess, I really... I got exposed to some... Well, let's say certainly it was significant for me, your education... And what you brought to oh, our to conversations? Argue about yeah, well, socialism. because I'm a Jungian <laughs> yeah. essentially, so that was quite interesting because I'm I, ve- I follow Jung very much. I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> I remember um, arguing with you about so like Jung's liberalism. Yes, and, like, and he be like, "Oh, it's fine for everyone, is it?" So <laughs> <laughs> what about the other? yeah but i mean very good points you made and and you know it's very important for us to consider and this is i'm so glad this has come up because it's very fundamental to this recent full moon and our current global or at least western global experience of balancing the needs my needs individual needs against the needs of the collective and the pernicious greater good is something I want to leave people with to think about because 
so many evils can be done in the name of the greater good and mm. so many good things can be eroded under that banner of right. the greater good. And I think that's what we're seeing, you know. Well, I mean, an example that springs to mind that's mm. so relevant, um, Justin Trudeau yeah. um, freezing people's exact. personal yeah. funds in mm -hmm. the name of public health. Yeah. Um, whether or not... So I've got a friend. I think I made a, a Facebook post that, you know, had an article from the BBC saying that Trudeau was doing that. I highlighted that it was um, a left-wing government... Um, taking personal funds away from people mm -hmm. um, in the name of public health. Mm -hmm. then Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I guess the point, a friend of mine who is Canadian mm -hmm. commented back on that post that mm -hmm. she's got friends in that part of the world. Yeah. Who, As in Ottawa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who can't, um, can't leave their house. They're afraid. That, you know, and it's like, well, if that's her experience, mm. like I'm not going to say, Megan, you're wrong. She's on of the course. phone yeah. to those people, right? Yeah, of course. And that's what they're telling her. And yeah. that is their experience. Absolutely. And to, for me to hear that, it's like, I'm not going to say, well, why don't they go join them or whatever? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but and yeah. the point is that you've got an authority taking individual rights and like livelihood, money. Yeah. Under the guise here. of public mm. health. Mm. So that's, it's like this wedge, this, mm. this apparatus to yes. like, I mean, that's unprecedented. I, you've really got to understand that that is, I don't know what that is. A well, tyranny. A People call it tyranny. Power, yeah. People call it like, it's, it's a step towards communism because mm. it's state control over private. Totalitarianism. Funds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, very it can't be allowed. It, it cannot yeah. be allowed. Yeah. No, it abs because we absolutely need to resist. Yes. Yeah. It's very important no matter what people believe in terms of the dangers of COVID. It's not actually about that. It's really bigger than that and um you know many parts of the world are lifting restrictions and all of that um the measures extreme as you may or may not believe them to be um are being loosened, you know, lifted and surely we need to take heed of that mm. and pay attention to the dangers. Um, I mean, yeah, the painting of the truckers as right-wing, racist, misogynist, extremist, what it, terrorist, whatever. Probably rapists. Um, yeah, pro <laughs> undoubtedly. <laughs> I mean, the footage I've seen has been heartwarming. So it's heartwarming. It's been so beautiful uplifting. to see. Move me to tears. Oh, Absolutely. So I'm. I, I wish I could be there. I'm not it's dressed also, for it, but it's it's kind of what I bring back to. You know, you and I have attended rallies in mm -hmm. in our capital city, yeah, and locally, and locally, mm. um, where you know I I maintain publicly that I'm not I'm not opposed to the vaccine. No. I'm opposed to the idea of the government deciding mm. and like mandating enforcing yeah. Yeah. what an individual does to their body yes. and it's like if someone were to say well it's about responsibility it's about looking after as many people the community. Do believe yeah 
you've got to understand that if this is allowed now, mm. when will it be disallowed? Yes. Like, at, at what stage do you think that the government are going to say, we'll never do that again? Mm-hmm. And don't worry, like, that's finished now. Mm. We've moved on mm. and we'll never enforce something on you again. Yeah. And I, I mean, those are the best critiques that I'm hearing is basically that idea that the government, you know, they'll take powers. Mm-hmm. Why would they give them back? Especially when we're about to see Pluto go into Aquarius. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, this is, it's actually where I wanted to kind of finish. Sure, was yeah. Like, yeah, where do we see it going mm-hmm. based on um, the transits that all kicked it off in 2020? Yeah. What, what are the next phases? What do we have to look forward to? Plenty, plenty. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, so Pluto moves into Aquarius for the first time in almost 250 years. Um, not Is that, quite that long. that's um, the dawning of the age of, of Aquarius. Aquarius? Is that what that, yep. It could, it's certainly an element of that. So um, I'm not going to say that it, so that's a very grey area and one that we should probably um, at least touch on next time, you know, defining the dawning of the age of Aquarius is more complicated than it might seem. Um, but we are certainly in the birth canal and, um, yeah, it's ongoing. So, yeah, Pluto moves into Aquarius beginning 2023. Um, and then we have via retrograde a finishing up period, closing out of Pluto through Capricorn um, at the end of 2023. So, yeah, the rest of this year... Um, certainly keep watching the US because it's their Pluto return currently um, exact in a couple of days so um, yeah it's very very interesting times Um, yeah I guess that's um, to wrap up that's kind of what we are going to be discussing on our future episodes Mm -hmm. so we'll be discussing um, astrology and its connection to actual goings on yeah. in the world. Um, yep. we'll current affairs and culture. Current affairs. Mm. Current events in a historical historical and broader. What did I say? In a holistic yes, sense. Sense. That's right. Yes. So beautiful. yeah, incorporating and looking back as much psychology. as looking forward, you know, like really mm. tying in history, mythology, psychology astrology Mm. cosmology Mm -hmm. and leaving the isms out a little bit discuss the isms but we're not aligned we're not right wing either no discussionism (laughs) (laughs) um cool all right well a lot to look forward to thank you to everybody who's listened and we look forward to uh joining you again in the very near future Um, Hopefully we'll be doing weekly episodes Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be some sibling podcasts to this one as well, Mm -hmm. which uh, there'll be more information about that in coming weeks. Um, I just want to quickly, finally, Mm. um, get, there will be a link in the description, however Mm -hmm. I do that, Um, but can you just tell people where to find your newsletter oh sure um zoe shuttleworth is my name i'm on substack substack yeah 
cool. That's the best place. Yeah. All right. So there'll be a, a link somewhere. By the time you listen to this, we will create a link. Yeah. Great. Right. Thank Good. you very much. Thank you, Zoe. I'm Liam. Yes. Uh, it's been a great worth off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, worth Wor- off. <laughs> working title for the podcast was <laughs> worth off. Worth off. <laughs> All right. Uh, God bless. Thank you. Bye.